KRCL, 90.9 FM, HD1 in Salt Lake City, Ogden, and Provo. 96.7 FM in Park City, on the web at krcl.org. Listener supported, community radio. Homegrown's alright with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. And it's a Punk Rock Farmer Friday edition of Radioactive Now on the Air. I'm Laura Jones, and in studio I am joined by... Oh, I got to turn the right mic on. See, I'm still getting Aldine used to it. Aldine I'm right here. Seals <laughs> <laughs> Punk Rock Farmer. What's on the show tonight? So, uh, great show. We have <clears throat> a couple of different spots for the for word out there in the agri-hood. Uh, Ryan Nelson is with us from the Heirloom Group. And we're going to talk about what these guys are doing. They're a great conglomeration of restaurants, and they're doing farm-to-table stuff. And that's all, that's what they're focusing on. Well, and we've been hearing from a lot of urban farmers in particular, straight up punk rock farmers, that on a very small plot of ground, they are able to then grow what a restaurant, a couple restaurants need, and they've built these relationships. So I'm excited to see, hear how it's working from the restaurant side of things. For sure. And then uh, the f- Urban Farm Report, uh, we have a special guest. Tony Richards is with us, and he's the head of the F- Soil Advisory Committee and um, UDAF, Utah Department, Department of, of Ag, Ag and, and food. food. Yes. And so uh, he's. It, I was just talking to him a little more, and I've talked to him the other day, and, boy, we're going to talk it up about uh, spreading regenerative ag across the state and what kind of a job it is and uh, some progress that's been 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 made i'm guessing he was at that soil conference in january i think they put it on it's starting to get some (laughs) some traction with smaller farmers and so i'm excited to hear what he's doing plus he's a farmer himself right yes he is he's got a couple of farms and uh we'll talk about that i like that okay (laughs) so skywatcher leo t has sent in a report we'll have that shortly and as we said when talking to Eugenie, spring is on the way, so it's another snowstorm, Alda. Of course, it's Utah. <laughs> we all know that. Uh, but we're going to start with some homegrown music, Aldine. I'm psyched. We're going to get back to Roots and punk rock and Ramonzi kind of style stuff. We have the Zisus with us today. And um, they each go by, they use the last name like the Ramones. Oh, the Zisus. Yes. And so it's Georgina Zisu. And uh, let's see who, let's see. It's, oh, it's on the front page. My notes right here. Hi, Georgina. Um, Georgina, Casey, Rage, and Greg Zisu are with us. I like, so how y'all related in real life? Uh, in real life, um, I, Georgina Zisu, and Case, Casey Zisu were engaged. Sweet. Um, and then Greg Zisu, I know from doing stand-up comedy. That's how we met. All the two of you do stand up. Yeah, you might have to bust out a few uh, jokes for us before the night is through. Okay. And then Rage Zisu has been friends with Casey Zisu since they were like in high school. All right. Very cool. So, what brought y'all together as a band, and how long ago? Um, well, during the pandemic, uh, Casey bought me a bass guitar, and he taught me how to play it, and then. And that was in June of 2020 when I got it. And then we started recording our EP at the end of 2020. And it was just me and Casey doing everything. But then we wanted to do live shows. So we kind of just 
reached out to our friends who played guitar. <laughs> really cool. I think it's great that you guys have built a band during the pandemic, and that's uh, something to be said. Really cool. And I really am impressed with how far you've come through basically standing up the band in COVID. So we want to play a couple of tunes throughout the hour. We want to uh, share where folks can see you or pick up your music. What's your socials where folks can track you down as they hear this first tune, Georgina? Uh, so Instagram, we're just the Zisus. Facebook, the Zisus. Twitter, the Zisus. It's all the <laughs> Zisus. Okay. It's an unusual name, so you might need to spell it for folks. Uh, so it's Z-I-S-S-O-U-S, and it's just like Life Aquatic with Steve Zisu. There we go. I, I, I knew there was something in the back of my brain going, I know where this is from, and, and now I know. So who's going to set up this first song for us? She-Devil. It's the name of the EP, right? Yes, it's the name of the EP. Um, my mom will hate me for saying this, but it's loosely based on her. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know when your stand-up is happening because I think it will be good. <laughs> All right, Eldon. <clears throat> so this is She-Devil with the Zisus right here, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM. around get lost in space guy watcher leo t here on the international space station geopolitical tensions won't keep an american astronaut and two russian cosmonauts from returning to earth together as planned this month the three will undock from the space station in a soyuz spacecraft and land in the kazakhstan march 30th and on Tuesday at the ISS, NASA astronauts Kayla Barron and Raja Chari installed brackets and support struts for a new ISS rollout solar array during a spacewalk Tuesday, March 15th on the starboard side. The space station is now ready for the addition of an upgraded solar array after a nearly seven-hour spacewalk. This gives us hope for the future of the only international space station there is. And for an asteroid hunter, a big thrill on Friday as astronomer Christian Sarnecki, an observatory in Hungary, spotted a small asteroid that ended up plowing into the Earth's atmosphere and vaporizing in a fireball over the Norwegian Sea. Not all that far from Ireland and in Skylore from Ireland since St. Patrick scared away all the snakes there. We can Look up to Hydra the Snake, which is the longest constellation in the sky, and it's viewed around the world as its one sky, many cultures. 
In Hindu mythology, Hydra represented one of the nakshatras of Hindu astrology. The Chinese saw it as the vermilion bird and the azure dragon. In Greek mythology, it represents the water snake brought to the god Apollo by Corvus the Crow. And happy birthday to Albert Einstein. March 14, 1879, we need you right now. This is from an op-ed by David Sky Brody in Space.com. He left us a tool set to manage a healthy planet without war. Albert Einstein was allergic to authoritarians. His dislike of dogma, playful nature, and ability to constructively concentrate let him visualize unorthodox ways the universe might operate. Daydreaming his way to deeper understandings was his superpower, and it can be ours too. Through internal journeys of pure thought, Einstein looked behind the apparent reality of the day-to-day to glimpse the counterintuitive mechanisms that prop up what we believe to be true. Einstein's infectious positivity can help us navigate these confusing and contentious times. His ability to encapsulate in an aphorism a deep truth we can feel can lift us up. But as we do observe in our galaxy, the Hubble Space Telescope was at the perfect angle to capture a nearly impossible shot of two dancing galaxies. You can see the galaxies warping in three dimensions. You can see this on the Skywatcher Facebook page as well as the sources for this program. Deep within the Andromeda constellation, some 320 million light years away, two galaxies are consumed by a gravitationally bound dance, and the telescope just photographed the action in extraordinary three-dimensional detail. NASA officials wrote, each interaction significantly affecting their shapes and structures. Keep looking up, look around, and getting lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Skywatcher Leo T. Many cultures, one sky. He contributes that as a volunteer on a regular basis here on Punk Rock Farmer Friday. I'm Laura Jones in studio with Aldine Strict 9 KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer, and it's the rallies and resources portion of the show. You've got something to remind folks about. Yes, um, I want to remind folks about uh, Red Acre Center. They have their guilds going now, and um, this is March 26th at 4 p.m. It's a farm tour and potluck at Utah Natural Milk meat and milk in West Jordan. I th- I'm sure you can go to redacrecenter.org and find more details on that and hope to see folks there. Yeah, they have a whole page on the guilds that they're trying to set up across the state to encourage these whole farm-to-table kind of conversations, right? Farm-to-table conversations. That's what we're going to get into here right now. I do want to remind folks one quick, one quick thing. Got okay, so if you've been paying attention to what's going on around the world and the war uh, in Ukraine, there is a performance on Sunday, 7 p.m. at the Cathedral of the Madeline in downtown Salt Lake City. It's called Voices for Ukraine. And you can hear music from musicians with the Utah Symphony, singers from the choristers of the Madeline Choir School, and local Ukrainian speakers, singers, and musicians. There'll be art from local artists. And 100% of the proceeds go to the Ukrainian war and humanitarian efforts. So if you'd like more details, go to krcl.org. Click on uh, Rallies and Resources or the Connect page, and you'll find more details. And I'll put it in the show notes tonight, too, Al. How about cool. that? Very okay. Good. So our special guest for Rallies and Resources. So uh, Heirloom Group's Ryan Nelson is with us. He's one of the chefs in this group of restaurants. Tell us a little bit about just the gist of what's behind the Heirloom Group, because I know it's quite a few restaurants. And you guys are down in Happy Valley. Yes, we are. Uh, we're located down in Utah County. Um, we have currently eight restaurants. Um, we are kind of going back into focusing on the farm-to-table concepts. Um, one of our restaurants down there, Communal, is specifically dedicated to to this concept, and we, we support local farmers uh, as much as we possibly can. 
So local food and bolstering the community around it. And with the farmer in mind, it, obviously, if we don't have farmers, we don't have food. This stuff's really important. And um, you guys are you guys are uh, doing a great job down there uh, with all the restaurants and tying in local food. How hard is it to do farm-to-table stuff and plan menus around what's seasonal? Is it fun or is it challenging? <laughs> uh, I'm, for me, it's both fun and challenging. Um We'll, we'll kind of get into this in a minute, but um, it's just it, it keeps us on our toes. It's it's the seasonality of everything. It's what's fun. It's what it's what keeps us intrigued, and it's 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 fun to do. So, and I know that ingredients when they're fresh kind of sing on their own, right? Absolutely. And if you know how to throw a few things together correctly, you can really make it scream, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, what are some of the farmers that you work with, and what kind of crops or, or meat and poultry are you getting? Um, so right now we're mostly working with uh, Juliet Clifford Farms. Um, we're getting her pork, her eggs, um, and then... She has that, was that, manganiza? Is that the manganiza? Manganiza. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. Very It's, it's tasty. delicious. <laughs> Um, Sorry, all my vegetarian friends. <laughs> um, we're, we're starting to look into a partnership with Utah Natural Meats, um, Argyle Acres. We're looking into Sunnyside Farms um, and, and, of course, Red Acre. Um, yeah. so. And the, the relationship with Red Acre Farm, we talked talk a little bit. How did that come about? Um, so um, we've been kind of working with the local farm community for a little while, um, and our other chef in the company, Adam Cole, uh, did a dinner with Red Acre on their farm a couple years ago, um, and they've just kept in contact ever since. Um, and we decided that it was time to do another dinner with them and kind of bring back uh, basically what they're trying to do, help them do what they do. So next week, it's next Thursday, there's a fundraiser at Snuck Farm. Yes. And uh, tell us about what, you know what the menu's going to be yet? Yeah, come on. <laughs> I, know, I know kind of what the menu is going to be. Um, I know the base meats that we're going to have, but like like we discussed, it's it's we're not going to know what produce we really have until two, three days before. So it's kind of it's kind of on a whim, and that's kind of what we're looking forward to. Picked fresh for sure. It is. We, we dug up some sun chokes a day ago on Red Acre Farm, uh -huh. so... I know they're a different animal. I've grown some sunchokes. Oh, yes. And uh, I've mashed them up with butter and sour cream, and they're kind of a different. They taste like a potato. They're like a potato yeah. of texture, but they taste kind of like an artichoke. Artichoke. sunchokes. And so it's uh, that's a, there. There's a whammy involved yep, with those. There, <laughs> there so. really is. And that'll turn some folks' heads and say, what is this? What yeah. is this food? And then um, I know that... Uh, Having your having a restaurant on a farm is uh, something that maybe you guys are looking forward to in the future. Something that maybe you guys will do. Uh, yeah, so we we've definitely talked about it. Um, it's something that both Adam and I are very passionate about. Um, it's community supporting community. It's it's we want to be able to sustain ourselves not only in business but but in the community and and just have everybody be a part of that. So. I like the connections, Al, you know, because sometimes restaurants can stand apart, right? Putting one right on the farm, that kind of agritourism aspect, it sounds like you might be getting mm -hmm. on, too. Maybe yep. there'll be some farm tours, and yep. then you 
can cook or eat. I mean, all sorts of different things that you can do. And I really like how that um, expands the entrepreneurial aspect of all farm to table, yeah. Ryan. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there was a restaurant I went to when I was down in Mexico, and it was in the garden. You went in, and you went in the garden, and the menu changed every day, and it, you you know, there wasn't anything you could count on. It was like what was fresh that day. And so that's what you're talking about. I think that's... Um, that's you know that's how I cook because I go out in my garden. I mean, <laughs> there's not much right now, yeah. but there's eggs and there was green onions. So I made one of the kind of those Chinese kind of an omelet with the, all the green onions in it chopped up, and that was my first season of the season uh, farm to table from my backyard. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of it. It makes you feel good. Yeah, right? it absolutely does, especially when you can say that you you grow it yourself or you had a you had a part in 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 the actual the actual product. So okay, Ryan, do you grow homegrown? Um, so I've started a garden. Yeah. Um, and it it kind of went a little south last year. Um, we tell had us tell us the pros and cons because I think that's what really important part of what we do with Al on Fridays is right. show that it's not all. Sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> Sometimes it's you know weevils and disasters, snowstorms, <laughs> nail. Um, so mine was a little different. Uh, we had a little one last year, so it was just yeah. it was a little time constraint. But I mean, it worked. It's it's definitely a lot difficult, more difficult in Utah to to grow as we know. It's it's still snowing, and then it's seventy degrees, and I then it's hundred, <laughs> and then it's hundred. What'd you try and so, grow? Uh, tomatoes, cucumbers, watermelon, and then herbs. So. Herbs. Well, that was, that was a pretty good yep. small yep. garden that you were doing. Are you going to do yep. it again this year, or are you going to look at supporting farmers more? Uh, so we usually always support farmers. Um, one thing my wife and I try to do is go to the farmer's market every Saturday yeah. and kind of get produce and kind of introduce our little one to this aspect of it. Your kids. I love mm -hmm. that. So which one do you go to? Uh, so I go to the Salt Lake Farmer's Market and then uh, Wheeler Farms occasionally on Sundays as well. So yep, they're going to start opening up here in a, in a month or two, all of them. But the downtown Farmer's Market folks, just a reminder, they are open tomorrow. They took the week off last weekend for the St. Patrick's Parade that happened, but they are back. And I saw a post, Al, online. They got lots of good stuff coming in, even though it's for you and me, maybe not a lot growing in our beds, but uh, the urban farmers have been doing hoop houses and greenhouses oh, yeah. and hot houses, and they've got stuff. Extension stuff, really great stuff. You know, we talked a little bit about, um, and I know that uh, the gals at Red Acre Center know this guy too, Jim Denovan, and uh, outstanding in the field. Mm -hmm. And it's they bring the restaurant to the farm, Yes. And do the and do that. You talk a little bit about that. Let's get folks on the same page. Um, so yeah, Jim Denovan. Um, he has this documentary out. Um, it's Man in the Field. Um, very very good. Um, he goes around basically around the world and travels, and he brings the table to the farm. Um, and it's basically you do as much as you can from the farm, and if not, then you go elsewhere that's local, and that and that's what it is. Um, and we actually, uh, Adam and I have an opportunity in July to do this dinner for him on Red Acres' actual farm. So, so this is coming something really big in the future that's coming. Uh, this yes. is really interesting. I'm, I know th they've done it before. He's yep. come before, and um, this has got to be pretty exclusive for you know. I mean, he's coming here. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, and they're they're really good friends with him too. So um, it's it's really awesome to see to see him actually come to little old Cedar City and show him what we actually can do here. So. Good stuff. I'm glad you guys are gonna are involved in that. You know, together farms, restaurants, chefs, and diners of uh, the people who eat food. I mean, this is a community around food. Everyone has to eat, and we all love to eat the good stuff. Absolutely. We're pairing with artisans and and local farmers. I, I think what you guys are doing is spot on. And uh, I'm excited. I'm going to be at the mixer that's coming up down on, uh, next week on the 24th. It's at Snuck Farm. Yep, down and, in Pleasant Grove. Uh, yep, and more information on that at redacrecenter.org. We'll say that again. And uh, I look forward to it. It's going to be great. Yes, it will. And where can people learn about the Heirloom Group? And if they're down in Happy Valley, check out your restaurants that are so farm to table. Uh, so heirloomgroup.com, um, communal restaurant uh, down in Provo they just started their brunch menu as well so go check them out um, but this it's, it's honestly it's an amazing restaurant and uh, chef Matt's doing a lot of good stuff down there so very good Ryan thanks so much for coming in we appreciate you making the trip yeah thanks for having me all right Georgina is back in the studio with us Al Dine to talk more about the Zisus and the new EP she devil I love the artwork, I love the band, I love the music. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having us. <laughs> so uh, where can people see play live? Where can they get this new EP? Uh, so our next show is May 19th at the DLC at Quarters in downtown Salt Lake. Um, and you can always get our CD and other merch at our shows, but we also, uh, currently we don't have any t-shirts up on our band camp, but we always have our EP on, on compact disc. All disc. right. <laughs> I think I might need a She Devil t-shirt. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Do you com commemorate mom? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we might need to get your mom on to fact check a, a few things from the... <laughs> <laughs> Well, after you listen to the song, I don't know how I'd fare after that. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that the name of a movie with Roseanne Barr yes. and um, so Meryl Streep? That's actually part of the inspiration also. One night, Casey and I rewatched that movie, yeah. and then we got the she-devil in our head. And that actually, we did write it after we watched that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to hear two songs in a row, because Al, in the best tradition of punk rock songs, they're very short. Very good. Let's hear about these, though. Uh, we're going to hear My Valentine and then Get, get a, a Clue. Cl What's that one about? Uh, get a Clue? Yeah. Uh, get a Clue. We actually wrote that for um, a local short film uh, called The Ladies' Room. They asked us to kind of write a, a fun, upbeat song, and we spent months um, <laughs> trying to <laughs> work on something. We'd write a song, and then we'd hate it, and we're like, this isn't good, and then we got to get a clue um, and get a clue. Actually, part of the lyrics I based off of a French proverb. Um, I like to use proverbs in a lot of my lyrics because it helps me gain ideas. Like they'll be loosely based and then I'll kind of work from that. I like it. Let's hear it. All right. This one. These two are my Valentine and get a clue back to back with the Sisus right here on KRCL 90.9 FM.
Everyone plays a role in suicide prevention. Call 1-800-273-8255. Talk for 24-7 free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention and crisis resources for you or your loved ones, and best practices for professionals. KRCL's annual record and CD sale will be making its triumphant return in 2022. We're planning something special, so stay tuned. But in the meantime, we'll be taking donations of your gently used, tremendously loved, but slightly neglected records and CDs. If you can let go, we can make sure those treasures get their way to the next music lover in line. Donations are tax deductible and will help power your community radio station, 90.9 FM, KRCL. If you'd like to donate, reach out to me, Eric P. Nelson, at recordsale at krcl.org for details. See you soon. And we've seen a couple of you this week. Thank you so much for your contributions to KRCL. Listeners Community Radio of Utah can't do it without you. And more details about the record sale and how to get involved in this nonprofit radio station online at krcl.org. I'm Laura Jones, and coming up at 7, Democracy Now!, followed at 8 o'clock by Not a Sideshow with Circus Brown. Friday night, Fallout at 10.30 with Keith and Nate. And then slipping into Saturday, you get your liquid rhythms at, at 1 a.m., Saturday Breakfast Jam at 7 with Shanna Lee and so much more all online at krcl.org. In fact, Al, did you know you can listen on demand on our website last Great. two weeks? Good stuff. Any show. Time for Aldine's Urban Farm Report. Take it away. So um, today we have uh, Tony Richards with us, and he's the head of the Soil Advisory Committee, and that's UDAF, the Utah, Utah Department of Food, Ag and Food. And um, thanks for coming. Oh, appreciate being here. Really, I mean, uh, uh, it's great. You know, last couple weeks ago, we had a really great conversation with the guys from Three Springs Farm. McKinley Smoot was here, and we talked about regenerative agriculture and, you know, how it's it's really needed for the future. And um, we're going to talk about that again today, but we're going to talk about the trials and tribulations a little bit, <laughs> about getting it throughout the state and getting the word out and getting folks interested in it and this isn't an easy going to be an easy task is it absolutely not uh, folks are kind of set in their ways they are there's a lot of cultural it's how my dad did it. it's how my grandfather did it it's how my great-grandfather did it Tradition. you gotta overcome that 
Yes, My exactly. mom used to always say that to me whenever I said, that's not how we do it, trying to make a change for the better. Yes, and, and we're fighting that. And there's also a lot of, I mean, the current uh, farming culture itself, too, beyond just what your parents or your grandparents did, you know, we've got a, a, a commercial industrialized ag that is fighting this movement as well. And let's talk a little bit about that. There's the, some of the practices um, – totally opposite of each other um big ag there's a lot of money in education and they teach folks that uh, we need to kill all the fungicide first and then we need to do an herbicide and then we need to plant gmo seeds because nothing will grow because the soil doesn't have too much left in it mm-hmm. and plants don't even like it when don't even live healthy and and pull in the right stuff. Talk a little bit about, well, you and I talked about this a little bit out front, and um, I, this is something that I've talked with my friend down at Mesa Farm, Randy, about a little bit, and uh, the plants don't survive the same way. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't emit this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's almost like if you, if you look at it, there's, there's two kind of schools of thought. There's, we kind of sit outside the system, and that's kind of where conventional agriculture is right now. We've got to supply these inputs. We've got to, we've got to do all of this to, to make it work. And then you look at regenerative, and it's, it's a whole different mindset. It's, it's understanding that you're part of the system, that we as farmers, we're in the ecosystem. We can't see ourselves outside of it. We need to, to work together inside of it. And so, yeah, if you're in the conventional side of it, you're like, I, I need to get my fertilizer. I need to get the best genetics on seed. I need to do all these different things. It's input, 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 instead of saying, okay, how can I be inside the system and say, you know, how did Mother Nature do it before we were ever farming? Was there fertilizer? Was there the IFA store, you know, a thousand <laughs> years ago? No. So we've got to see that there's, there's nature and it's able to supply those things. And if we work together with it instead of against it, I mean, that, that, and that's again back to that cultural thing. We act like we're farming the same way we've been farming forever. And it, this, this system of farming is only 100 years old, and, and we are kind of shooting ourselves in the foot every step of the way. Like you said, you know, we, we, we've started putting the, the kill mentality. You know, we've got to kill off the fungus because the fungus is bad. We've got to kill off the insects because the insects are eating the crop. We've got to kill off, you know, the, the bacteria because it's, it's, it's causing different diseases. And, and we just keep kill, 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 not realizing that all of those things there's there's a thousand good bacteria a thousand good viruses a thousand good fungus for every one bad and all we're doing is we're just blanket killing everything and and losing the benefits that that nature had in place it's such a a dynamic system that we barely even understand but we've just been treating it like oh all this is bad and and we're going to give it everything it needs it's almost like we're farming with life support Wow. Inconventional. Well, you said 100 years. It took us 100 years to screw it up, it sounds like. So, yes. Uh, Al and I both saw the article from January on the Soil Conference, which is, you put that on? Is yes. that your baby? Yes, that was my baby. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was a lot of work, I'll be honest. Yeah. But yes, it was a great thing. It was amazing to see how many people we had down there. Uh, and that's why I'm excited. I mean, we have a momentum in Utah that if you were to tell me five years ago we would be doing what we're doing now, I wouldn't believe you. But yeah. we've, we've 
had a lot of good things rolling. So did you get some traction at that conference, folks that you didn't expect to be interested? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, uh, yesterday we were meeting with a dairy uh, up in the northern part of the state and talking about, they were talking about cover crops and, and using uh, soil amendments, composting, all these things that even... I would have never expected that conversation with them six months ago, but they came to the conference and they've got this energy, you know, and they're talking things that I, I would have never, never considered them to, con, you know, think about. And so, yeah, I, I think we have a lot of great momentum coming out of that in our policy side of it with UDAF. We're talking about, you know, soil health in a whole different light, a lot of, a lot of good momentum there, as well as a lot of farmers that, that came in very skeptical and coming out with a, a hope, you know, that wasn't there before. And give actually, um, a couple Fridays ago was the end of the session, and we were kind of glum because the, it wasn't 12 o'clock yet. It hadn't ended. Uh-huh. Our show was at 7, ended at 7, and we didn't think money was coming through appropriating and coming through to the right to our to the agrihood stuff to to the stuff that you know keeps our food on our tables here in utah and then right at the very end money came in and you guys got five hundred thousand dollars and that's on top of a grant you guys got um from the nrcs the national resources and um uh, when the committee first started and this has allowed you guys to put uh, this uh, five-year program into into going to get it going uh tell us a little bit about it yeah so um we've kind of for the last three years we were trying to get this funding with the conservation and natural resource conservation service there what they call their cig grants or conservation innovation grants uh to try and try and get soil health moving forward and we finally got it we got 1.7 million dollars from that and so we went to the legislature and said hey look We've been able to acquire $1.7 million in just, just a short middle time. We need a little bit more. We, we wanted to do uh, 16 on-farm demonstration sites throughout the state. And NRCS didn't fund all of them. They only funded 12. You know, so we were saying, hey, give, if you can, we would like about four to 500000 That would allow us to go up to 16 and, and be able to finish you know, the proposal that we had started. And it was, it looked good, it was going well, and then it dropped. And so we, we were also disheartened too. We're sitting going, there's no, the, they didn't want to do this, but we, we had already leveraged so much other funds, we thought it was a shoe-in. And so it was nice that uh, Senator Iwamoto, she really helped push, uh, Heal Utah kind of helped push and bring that back to life. So we're excited about that because it's, it's going to answer the biggest question we always got when we've been doing the workshops and different things around is a farmer will say, you know, you show them cover crops or we bring in a speaker from the Midwest who's been doing this for 20 years and they just go, well, that's nice, but that's Missouri or that's Illinois or that's somewhere else. It's not Utah. It doesn't work here. And I was so tired of hearing that. It doesn't work here. So the hope was if we could get these demonstration farms set up, you know, work with work with existing farms and, and set up a demonstration plot that shows cover crops, how we can put them in here in Utah, we can go and say, well, guess what? It is here. It works here. And, and show, you know, seeing's believing, right? So that's the point behind that project. It gives us the opportunity to do that across the state. All kinds of different farming systems. We can do it in dryland farms and dairies and small vegetable production systems. Everything that we have, we have a very diverse ag state. I mean, 
we grow everything from cherries to to you know dryland wheat it's a very amazing thing so we want to be able to demonstrate that these principles of soil health can fit in any one of those farming systems. That, that's great. So th there's a lot of diversity here. Yes. And the more you can show folks that it's going to work, it's going to work, the more you can get folks on board. Exactly. And um, I know you're giving, there's, a, I think, $6,500 or something that, that's going to these sites. Yes. And they'll get it every year. And then when things start to come to fruition, you're going to have demonstrations at the on the sites. When things start working, which yes we know they're going to because we know this stuff works um you're going to call in more people to say hey listen look this is working come and check it out yeah it, it it becomes that educational tool that we can utilize yeah and and so yeah we are incentivizing the farmers who are participating we actually got a really good interest in it when we opened up the application period a, a few months ago we've we've had about 40 different farms around the state that wanted to be wanted to be a part of this program so we were excited by that we didn't think we would we were like are we even going to get 16 applications and and we got way more than we thought we would so some of the old stuff isn't working and the economic part of it is really puts a strain on these farms and that's what's kind of putting a strain mm. and uh, folks are saying hey maybe there's something else so there is there's room for there's room for this new surge yes yeah so I guess to kind of put it in numbers so a, a friend of mine farms up in Idaho and he he made the comparison he said you know I paid two dollars and 39 cents a gallon when I bought fertilizer last year and he goes, if I were to increase gas by the amount that fertilizer increased for me this year, I'd be paying $21 a gallon. That's how much fertilizer's gone up wow. for these guys. And if you can even find it. So not only is it expensive, the profitability's gone, that they can't even source it. So alternatives are kind of the only alternative now. <laughs> it's go old school, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. This is uh, Punk Rock Farmer Friday on Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. Aldine Strict on KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer in studio, along with our special guest, Tony Richards, head of the Soil Advisory Committee for the Utah Department of Agriculture and Food. You've just been hearing about a great program that's coming around to help out the agri-hood. But you're part of the agri-hood, too. And you have two unique farms, and I wanted you to paint a picture for us. Al was letting me in on a little bit of this before the <laughs> show, and I'm so excited. So first your farm in Utah, and then we'll go around the globe. Yeah, so uh, we have Richard's Farm. It's located just outside of, of Logan, Utah, in, in uh, Collinston Beaver Dam area. Uh, it's a family farm that's been in our farm our family for 150 years and so we we've just we, it's kind of shrunk in size over over time but we we grow you know uh, we've got vegetables that we grow there elderberries which are, are our favorite thing to talk about with people we really enjoy enjoy that it, it's they're just, hipping on the wave right now yes oh, yeah and <laughs> it's it it's far enough out of logan it's quiet it feels secluded um we have a little uh, willow creek that we irrigate out of so we have a mountain spring that basically is our irrigation source it it is heaven and yeah. i love it so. you said it's up 150 years in the family so you have seen all these different iterations of farming through yeah. your family yes and I, i'm kind of curious about that that history and what you've learned from the mistakes and the successes 
of your ancestors. And it's that cultural thing we talked about. I mean, I, I started talking with my dad and my grandpa. They were the ones, you know, farming. And I said, you know what, I think we should think about no-till. I think we should think about cover crops. And that was several years of discussion. And we're still, you know, trying to learn how to implement those things. But from generation to generation, we just kind of found a different way. Like my my grandfather, he was taught by somebody, you know, you want to you want to till that field to open that soil up to take the water in. That was what he was taught and what he felt. And it was like, well, you know, actually, that's probably keeping the water from going into the soil. And so we, we had to kind of, you know, learn along the way and, and do a lot of a lot of encouraging and say, well, you know, there are things are not quite what we thought they were before. So it's been an interesting an interesting journey, and it's taken years to to convince. Yeah. Even even I'm I mean I was skeptical when I came out of school with a lot of things. School? Where'd you go? Utah State. I yeah. was going to say, uh, bet you he went to Utah State. <laughs> and I'm just kind of curious your take on Utah's land grant college and and how it's doing. And uh, are you seeing students come and working on your farm or anybody else's in the area? Are we are we in need of students in? farming is in essence absolutely in fact uh, so i also work a lot with the conservation districts and and the conservation division in udaf we we see a lot of people who the farm kids don't want to be on the farm anymore you know and so there yeah. are there are uh, people who are interested but they're coming from outside of that that typical some punk rock farmers from the city exactly <laughs> but i mean more the merrier uh, you know but right. unfortunately i think in the regenerative realm Academia and where the grassroots movements are on very different levels. I don't mm. think the academic side of it is is necessarily where it needs to be, and they they should be at the forefront. The extension yeah. service, these that's what they're there for, and and I think they've kind of kind of gone off with a little bit of a detour, and it'd be nice to kind of bring them back together. And that's one of the things we've been trying to do with the CIG grant as well. Mm. We have USU as a partner in that. Well, Al, you got so much of the information you needed from the extension service, right? Boy, I can get on that. I can get on that site, and I can travel link to link. I could sit there for a week if I didn't have to go to sleep or <laughs> eat. I, you, there's so much information there. It's a major wealth of information. It's mm -hmm. so great that we have it here for sure. Well, you grew up on a farm. And now you've got your own little mini farm in the middle of the valley here. And I think that's kind of an interesting aspect when you're talking about the students that go to the school, to the land grant, to USU to get the education and animal husbandry and all of that. Then you got folks like, like Al or even myself who just want to grow enough for their own family. Mm -hmm. And bridging that gap, I think, is something we need to do. And I'm guessing uh, as part of UDAF, you're on that wavelength too. Absolutely. And that, that is one thing. The other biggest need that we identified in the state for getting soil health and regenerative ag to go forward is, is a support network. Um, you know, a, a good friend of mine, Braden McMurdy, uh, McMurdy Ranch is up in, in Tremont, and we had this conversation more than once where he, he, he's doing these practices and he goes, I feel alone. Like neighbors even sometimes they're like, why, you know, you got weeds in your field. You got all these things going on. What's going on? You know, and, and, he, and you get almost this negative, you get a lot of negative comments. And he goes, I just feel alone. And so we, we definitely want to bridge that gap and, and make sure that people know there's, there's others doing great things. Last, in this last year, I have bumped into several people around the state, you know, Simbria and Sarah with Red Acre Center, um, you know, McKinley Smoot. That, that's kind of been the nice thing about the Soil Advisory Committee. It's farmer-led. We have 
nine farmers on there right now from across the state that are doing amazing things that I didn't I didn't know them until a year ago, basically, as we formed this together. And so we want that support network. You're not alone. If anybody's out there going and feeling that way, right. you're definitely not. And, you know, we talked a little bit the other day, and, and you mentioned that uh, – Making better connections between the ag and consumers is is something that needs a little help. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, we farm agriculture is is kind of feeling under attack a little bit right now, especially in Utah. We talk about water or different things like that. Secondary water it's metering big. is that going to hit you guys? Um, probably not as much as it, I mean, it will depend on different parts of the state, but. It, we feel under attack a little bit, and and we care about the land. I mean, that's that's our that's our livelihood, and so it feels like there's a bit of a disconnect between between the consumer and and agriculture. And soil health and regenerative ag, I think, is that that link that we can really find a lot of common ground between very different personalities, you know, out right. there. So it, it it and it's necessary. Everybody needs to know where their food comes from. I mean that is that is essential. I would say. When you can taste it, Al, right? You can taste oh what boy. has been put into the soil it's or a, not. It's a no-brainer once Especially you taste it. Especially tomatoes, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it, I mean, yeah, tomatoes. Store-bought tomato. Don't don't even give me a store-bought <laughs> tomato for no, sure. No, it's like eating cardboard or it is. something yeah. flavorless for sure. I know Laura was hyped on the farms and she wants to hear about the farm <laughs> in Uganda. Oh, okay. <laughs> How yeah. did this happen? So my wife is from Uganda. Yep. Um, so we, uh, you know, we're we're on year nineteen of, of marriage, and and we, uh, so I've I've lived in and out of Africa, and and we had an opportunity back in about twenty fifteen to to buy some some farm property, up in the northern part of Uganda where she's from, and and so we jumped on it because. Uh, we're like, you know, land land isn't going to last forever. We've got, we've got to take that opportunity. And so we bought about 30 acres um, just outside of Gulu. Uh, so it's in, in the northern part of, of Uganda. It's not too far out of uh, Merchant Falls National Park. Beautiful, beautiful area. You know, semi-tropical. Um, we actually... No water problems there. Uh, no, no, kind lots of, of rain. No, different kind, yes, and and different kind of pests. Uh, uh-huh. We elephants. There's the, <laughs> you. You gotta kind of even be careful what you grow there, because uh-huh. if you we were thinking about doing like melons, watermelons, and stuff like that, and they're like, no, don't do that. That'll bring the elephants even worse. So you know, yeah. But it, it's a it's a beautiful beautiful area. That's where we kind of like if we could if I could retire today, that would be. You know, farm in Utah, farm in, farm in Uganda, just bouncing back between the two and, 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 and always enjoy the wonderful weather. <laughs> so. What kind of farming? Is it different uh, strategy over there for you? All by hand. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, we're farming a lot different there. And the the main thing we would like to do over time or trying to build up is to have it be a demonstration site there, too, about how you can implement soil health and regenerative ag. I mean, I've 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 been able and fortunate enough to go to in Ghana and work with a gentleman named Kofi Boa for a while at the Center of No-Till Agriculture. There, you can do this by hand. You don't need a big tractor. I mean, and and that's kind of one. Someone says you can't do that here in Utah. I I get a little bit upset. I'm like, I've seen somebody do this by hand in Africa. I've seen somebody do this on ten thousand acres with a tractor. It doesn't matter. It's principle based. It's not practice-based it's understanding like i said that you are part of that 
that ecology. You're part of the system, not up outside of it. And it's just finding your path inside there and, and making it work based on principles. You know, and don't don't over disturb the soil. Minimize that disturbance. You know, keep keep that soil covered up with with plant residues or living plants as long as you can. Try and maximize the diversity. You know, don't just focus on one one plant. You know, have have it as a group. Follow nature, right? You know, and and. So it's just building on those principles, understanding them, and then seeing how to implement them to your specific farm, your specific location. And, and that's kind of what we want to do with the Soil Health Program in Utah, too, is mm-hmm. help, help people do that. You know, we're a resource for them to use. And uh, one of the one of the resources you told me about is there's a large grant, a proposal grant, USDA. Mm-hmm. Is it Smart Commodities? That's a, it's, uh, yep, Partnership for Climate Smart Commodities. And, um, and if... You're, if we can get this, you're you're gonna help folks sign up for this. The farmers that want to turn regenerative, there's money out there, and you're gonna try to allocate it to the right spots. Yes, yes, we're we're shooting for a big proposal. If we, if we get it, we're we're looking for twenty five, thirty million dollars. Very nice. And our hope is is that we can increase the amount of regenerative acres in Utah to twenty five thousand more acres a year is what we'd like to target inside that. Yeah, it's it would be a great thing if we can get it. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be heavy lift, but we've got a lot of partnerships that are that are coming in and wanting to, to support that effort. So far, the money's come in. There's not a lot of these um, soil advisory sort of things, regenerative things, in governments throughout the throughout the states, and folks are watching, right? Yes. And yeah. In fact, when we when we managed to get the soil health uh, bill passed last year, uh, with with the uh, legislature it was i've had calls from other states saying how did you do that you know so it we are we're changing things in utah let's hope this money let's hope it keeps coming let's get this proposal grant let's and let's what do we need to do what do you want to what do you want to ask folks out there to support to get that you know it that's a good question i would say our our biggest thing is just you know let us know if you if you're interested in that even if we don't get the money we we want to Keep working with whoever is interested in regenerative ag. I, I don't care if you're farming a quarter acre in your backyard to 10,000 acres of rangeland. We, we want to get with people and, and show them that we have that desire in Utah. Oh, I think it's great. I think this is really hopeful stuff, and I think um, you're giddy with excitement. Hey, now. let's change the <laughs> let's change the state, and then and work on the world, right? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, it was such a pleasure to have you, my friend. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. How can people get in touch? Um, so, utahsoilhealth.org uh, is probably a, a good place to start. Um, the partnerships page, there's there's contact information. There's a lot of resources on that page, uh, as well as reach out to me, you know, directly, uh, tdrichards at utah.gov. There you go. Email. You got the man's email. We'll put it in the show notes. But I do have one last question about the farm in Uganda. What do you grow there since you said no to watermelons? <laughs> uh, yep. So, we've grown peanuts and sesame seeds. We've grown uh, maize. We've grown beans we do uh eggplants a lot of little vegetables and, and then where does it go mm-hmm. in the surrounding community mm-hmm. our surrounded community yes exactly that's that's our focus there we we've tried to do we have a little bit of irrigation there we're, we're hoping to to grow vegetables year-round there 
and even looking down the road if we can if we can we'd like to kind of set up a small community school and a couple other things so Very it's, nice. it's a long-term project there so that's fantastic check tonight's show notes and you can check out uh links to both of richard's farms and the one in utah has a CSA that you can check out. Have you always done a CSA, or is that something that you talked your family into L- as well? Last two years, yep. And it's it's something we hope to hope to continue, you know, going forward. We've we've got a little bit of a hiccup in the road, but hopefully in the coming year we'll we'll have her sorted out and be back on on full. So. Well, I am so pleased to meet you too. I hope you'll come back, and anytime you need to. Uh, raise the alarm on uh, things you need supported in the agri-hood. We, our mic is yours. Perfect. Thank you so much. All Thanks, right. Tony. So sit tight here. We're going to wrap up with some more music in our community, homegrown Aldine. And we've got the Zisus with us. That's uh, Georgina Casey, Rage, and Greg. They have a new EP out called She Devil. they got a gig coming up in May. But you got Bandcamp, so I know people can download the EP right now. Right, Georgina? Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. There we go. Still learning where all the mics are. Yeah, you can. Uh, listen to our EP on Bandcamp and also download it by our compact disc. And then we're also on pretty much all the streaming services. So what's coming up next for the band uh, in terms of recording more music? Because I already want more. The EP's <laughs> not big enough. Thank you. Um, we're working on writing songs for our full length. We've... I've been working on a few new songs. A couple we actually performed last night at Slug Localize. So we're working on writing and recording. It's kind of been going slow because uh, a few of us got COVID. And You're all healthy now, though, <laughs> yeah. folks. Never, never you mind. We're taking yeah. the proper precautions. We're good now. But uh, so, but we're, we want to put out our full-length okay. album, so we're working on that. What bands inspire you guys? Uh, for me, personally... Um, my top two favorite bands of all time are the Ramones and then the Monkees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that as if you need a description, that is perfect for the Zisus. And when will you have new t-shirts available on your Facebook page? Um, I'll, I'll actually be putting them on in the next few days. I actually just screen printed a bunch of new ones myself. So it was kind of a, a process, but I'll be putting those up soon on Bandcamp. DIY, very punk rock. <laughs> yeah. Before we find out about this last song that we're going to play, Aldine, how can folks get in touch if they want to be on the show as a member of the Agrihood or Homegrown Music? You can find me at uh, punkrockfarmer23 at gmail dot com is my email and um also i'm on facebook punk rock farmer just look for me you'll you'll figure it out and if you're at the downtown farmer's market the gateway tomorrow you might see him you i'll be wearing my (laughs) hat you'll see me with my cowboy hat on there uh we'd love to have you on the show folks and uh bill ramsey our engineer has been working away down here trying to get this new studio dialed in and hopefully we can have the zisus back live shortly soon we'd love to have that we just don't quite have that room dialed in but it's coming thanks to the support of all our listeners out there but uh uh let's hear what this last song's about i'd rather uh the song i'd rather about your mom no, it's okay. not about my mom. <laughs> um, this one, it's actually another one where I took influence from Proverbs. This one was actually Irish Proverbs. Um, my family, my, my mom's side are Sullivan's. Um, but so this one we actually played last night uh, at our show, which was perfect for St. Patrick's Day. But it's, it's, you know, it's not really anything about in particular. I just liked the lyrics. <laughs> 
Well, thanks for coming down. I really appreciate all of the Zisus, Georgina, Casey, Rage, and Greg coming down to the studio. And we hope to have you back live. We're going to hopefully do some punk rock farmer events in the summer and fall. And we're going to need bands. Awesome. You're top of the list, I'm telling you. <laughs> Aldine, do the honors. This is I'd Rather with the Zisus, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM. RCL, Salt Lake City.